talk again from this subject, from strong faith to stained glass. Stained glass in houses of worship can be traced back to the 12th century and really blossomed during the medieval period. The earliest church recorded to have stained glass was the Cathedral of St. Denis in Paris in the late 1100s. The rector of that cathedral believed that the interior of the church should be otherworldly and spiritual and that it should be bathed in light that is not of this world and that light should elevate the faithful to the transcendent truth of the light of the world. Prior to Gutenberg's inventing the printing press, 85% of Europe was illiterate. Only priests and preachers could read. The gospel stories were then enshrined in vivid color for all to behold its wondrous truth. The artist created the work and then disappeared behind it. He disappeared behind it for the glory of God to shine through. The view of stained glass from the outside reflects the mysterious grace of God, but the view from the inside is a glimpse of the glory of the faithful people of God. The image from the outside is often indistinguishable and opaque. But when viewed from the inside, the image is revealing and clear and brings to light the magnificent message of the scriptures in living color. There is a powerful connection, brothers and sisters, in the designer's reading or rendering in bay window number three, the largest window in the, in the top frame from the New Testament, and bay window number seven, which is the largest in the, New, in the Old Testament frame. Uh, the, the, the top one is the baptism of Jesus, and the bottom one is Noah's, Noah's ark. In 1 Peter chapter three, verses 20 through 22, there is an interesting passage that makes a comparison between the eight people that were saved in the ark being lifted up by the water as a foreshadowing of water baptism in obedience to God's instructions. Whether or not you survived in the ark or submitted to water baptism, that's how God chose to save us. Everybody in the flood of the waters in Genesis died. But everybody who came up out of water baptism was made alive. 
Methinks this passage of scripture, Genesis chapter 6 verses 12 through 22, is the gospel in a ship. We glean from this account the sinfulness of man, the grace of God, and the preservation of human life. In the story of the ark, we see the Lord Jesus Christ and God's plan of salvation. There is hardly, brothers and sisters, a better description of total depravity. There is hardly a better description of total, the total depravity of man than can be given in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. When there was nothing evil to do, they thought of something evil to do. Sin in Genesis chapter 6 has reached critical mass and a divine response is now inevitable. Verse 6 of Genesis chapter 6 reads, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Now, brothers and sisters, lest we anthropomorphize God at this point, let us take another look at that word, it repented God. God repented. Uh, God was grieved. Uh, these words can be best understood when we say in Genesis that God repented. God does not repent in that he has done evil like you and I need to repent. These words can best be understood in accounting terms. CPAs tell us that in bookkeeping, the ledgers must always be kept in balance. Debits must always equal credits. If the books are out of balance, something must be readjusted. So that when a transaction is made, there must be a corresponding entrance to the previous transaction. Yahweh, God, is seeking by repenting to redress the situation. Rather than repenting that he made man, what God is doing in Genesis is auditing the accounts. Somebody ought to help me preach right here. Uh, I'm out of my depth right here, so I have to speak with somebody who knows what he's talking about. Uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, you will hear from time to time on television that the chairman of the Federal Reserve will, will raise interest rates. Uh, and the interest rates, he's trying to stabilize the economy because we can't have too much of a bear market or too much of a bull market because it will move the economy out of balance and make it unstable. When it's a bear market, they are selling. 
When it's a bull market, they are buying. But to keep the economy stable, the Federal Reserve Chairman has to look at what's going on because if the job market is too hot, then he has to bring the recession to keep the market stabilized. The Federal Reserve Chairman works existentially to keep the economy balanced. But in God's economy, he does not work existentially, he works eternally. So that where sin does abide, grace does much more abide to keep God's economy stabilized. Um, hear me, brothers and sisters. God balances the ledger that when wickedness shows up and there's a debit in our account, then God has to come with mercy to settle with a credit. Coincidentally, the symbol of the cross represents mathematically a plus sign. And when Jesus died on the cross, the plus sign of God's mercy canceled out my minus-minded humanity down at the cross where my savior died down where from cleansing from sin I cried there to my heart was the blood applied singing glory not to my name not to Lily Grove's name are not to any name that purchased these windows, but glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in all that wickedness, in all of that sinfulness, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Because the Bible says that Noah was blameless and righteous. Now let me, let, me, let me stick a pin here and talk to you about Noah's blamelessness and righteousness because you do know on the eve of reconstruction, Noah got drunk in front of his own children. So Noah being blameless and righteous means that Noah is blameless and righteous in comparison to the people he was living around. Noah is blameless and righteous. And all these people who are about to die in the flood, Noah finds grace in the eyes of the Lord because Noah was not as wicked as the people he lived around. Well, let me see if I can make that make sense. I, I want to I use somebody here this morning who's not going to get mad with this illustration. Brother Willis Robinson is righteous compared to a serial killer. <laughs> Brother Robinson is a Christian compared to a bank robber. But leave him by himself. 
Somebody ought to help me talk here. Robinson is light-skinned when he sits by George Dokes. Both of them look like a hundred midnights by themselves. You and I are righteous when we stand by one another. But if you want to know how righteous you really are, stand up next to Jesus. And you will help me testify he's in a class all by himself. Because the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. So Noah is righteous in comparison to the neighborhood. But now, I, I want to leave that, but I can't leave it without saying this. The Bible doesn't say anything about Noah's family, how righteous they were. So God obviously saved them because of Noah. And I want to tell somebody in here this morning, you ain't making it because you've been to college. You're not doing well because you're so good and you're so perfect. God is just opening doors of you for you because you had a good mother. You had a praying grandmother. You are blessed today because somebody in your past helped somebody else and God is opening doors for you because your people open doors for somebody else. being blessed this morning because my mama prayed for me. My daddy prayed for me. And if you want your children to be blessed, walk right in front of them. Live right in front of them. And God will open doors for them because of your saved testimony. I want you to look with me at the plans for the ark. The plans for the ark. God told Noah to build the ark, the King James says, with gopher wood, cypress wood. Gopher wood or cypress wood is a type of humanity because of all the woods God created, it's the most flimsy. It's a type of humanity because you and I are so flimsy. We hop one day, cold the next day. We speak one day, we irritable the next day. We save one day, and act like we don't even know God the next day because we are so flimsy. To build the ark, trees had to be cut down. To provide a way of salvation, a tree had to be cut down. To crucify the prince of life. The ark 
which was flimsy gopher wood, God told Noah to pitch it outside and inside. Pitch was a kind of tar-like substance that is the word in the New Testament for atonement. So when the ark was pitched, it covered the wood to keep it waterproof. Christ's blood pitches us. It is atonement not to keep us waterproof or sin-proof, but wrath-proof. Because now that we have been covered with his blood, the wrath that would have destroyed us just rolls right off us because we've been pitched. We've been covered by the blood. The ark was 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet deep. It weighed 43,000 tons. But there was enough room for everyone and everything. No matter how many people join Lily Grove, it's still room for one more. Because if you are not in the ark, of safety you die brothers and sisters not only is that true but when you read the text the ark has no rudder and it has no sail and in order for it to float in that flimsy condition with no rudder and no sail somebody had to navigate And the somebody who navigates is God himself. With no rudder and no sail, the ark has to float in that flimsy condition and ride on the waves by something or someone. And this morning as a Christian, you have no rudder you have no sail, but there's somebody behind you. You shouting this morning because you know you didn't make it on your own. You clapping your hands this morning because you know that's an unseen hand. There's a wind that's following you everywhere you go. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for God is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me. Come on, you can help me say it. In the presence of my enemies, he anoints my head with oil so that my cup just keeps running over. Surely, 
Now I can holler. Surely, goodness and mercy is chasing me. When I want to go to the left, the Holy Ghost just pulls me to the right. When I want to do evil, he just grabs me and brings me back. He's chasing me. All the days of my life. And when it's all over, he ain't through with me. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But brothers and sisters, hear me. I'm trying to hurry. The choir took all my time. I'm trying to hurry. There's only one door on the ark. There's only one door to the sheepfold. And if you try to get in any other way, you're a thief and a robber. The window on the ark was located above, like the stained glass windows in this sanctuary. That Noah, to get some light, had to look up. And if you would be saved this morning, you got to look up. Just like Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And I, if I be lifted up, somebody ought to help me preach it. If you want to live, you got to look up. Life is in looking up. I will lift up my eyes unto the hill. Where does my help come from? Come on, you can help me say it. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. He will not even suffer my foot to be moved. Behold, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The choir just told us, the Lord is my keeper. The Lord is the shade upon my right hand. The sun shall not smite me by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve me from all evil. He shall preserve my soul. He shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. There are not a thousand ways to get to God. There's only one way to get to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. As I heard, that's the plan for the ark. But then I want you to see the provisions in the ark. God told Noah to get your wife your sons and their wives, two animals of every kind, put them on the ark because it's going to rain. Now the people had an opportunity 
to repent because Noah preached the same message for 120 years. It's going to rain. He didn't have a poem. He didn't have three points. He did not syllogistically deduce from cause to effect. He had no homiletical presentation. He had no exegetical explanation. He just said, it's going to rain. And the Bible says the people laughed at him. And folk think you crazy to keep coming here every Sunday. But it's going to rain. But it won't be water. It'll be fire next time. And I'm not just saved this morning because I want fire insurance. I'm saved because I have the assurance that Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. I've been purchased of God. I'm born of his spirit and washed in his blood. In the ark, God made Noah a promise. He said, if you get in the ark, when the rains come and the ark is lifted, you and your family will live. When you, when, you, when, you, when you get to, to chapter 8 and 9, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a situation there that uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on, but I have to mention it because the world, uh, the LGBTQ community, the world has co-opted something beautiful. God told Noah, here is my sign that I will never again destroy the earth by water. God told Noah, every time it rains, look in the sky and I will place a rainbow as a sign that I keep my word. I hate that the world has co-opted that sign. A rainbow is too beautiful to turn it into something else. It's God's sign that he made a promise to Noah that if you get in the ark, when you look up, you'll see my promise. Everything in the ark was not only a promise, but it was preservation. Because when the rain started, they knocked on the windows and knocked on the door. And Noah said, God got the key. I told you. See, I told you, for 120 years, I've been telling you the same thing over and over. And every Sunday, I say the same thing. He died. Didn't he die? But early Sunday morning, he came out of the grave. And if you believe that story, no matter how many times I say it or how many times you hear it, it's still true. Uh, brothers and sisters. But what I want to get to is, inside the ark, God told them, bring some food for you, your family, and everything that's in the ark, and there will be 
plenty. It will never run out. And brothers and sisters, you hear me this morning. David said it better than I can say. I've been young. Now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, his seed begging bread. Not only will God take care of you, he'll take care of your children. He'll take care of your grandchildren. Somebody ought to help me testify. He'll put a hedge of protection around your family. He will provide. He will make a way out of no way. God will see to it that you always got food on your table. You've heard me say it before. That people, people's vaccine work everywhere but at church. Your vaccine works at Target, Walgreens, Nordstrom's. But when you come to church, you got to take care of yourself. You don't want to shake nobody's hand. You keep some hand sanitizer every time somebody touches you. Psst, 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 psst. You're not safe this morning because of no hand sanitizer. Death can get behind your mask. You are safe this morning because God is a keeper. You know how many people died during COVID-19 and how many people had COVID and they're in here this morning? It is of the Lord's mercy that you have not been consumed. And those mercies are new every morning. Yeah. I'm through. That's the plans for the ark. That's the provisions in the ark. But I want you to see the performance of the ark. It was a safe ride. While the world outside was perishing, the ride inside the ark was smooth. I want you to hear me. Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives might have sinned in the ark. They might have fallen in the ark. But because it was pitched, they didn't fall out of the yard. And I need somebody here who has sinned since you've been in the ark. I need somebody who has fallen since you've been in the ark. You have fallen down, but you didn't fall out.
Only sinners can shout right here. Only crooks can shout right here. I need somebody, since you've been saved, you've lied, you've done something you had no business doing, you've been somewhere you had no business going, you've fallen inside the ark, but you didn't fall out of the ark. Because God is a keeper. Yeah. I'm through. It was a safe ride. And it came to a secure rest. Because one day the waters receded. You're going to help me close this, won't you? The Bible says Noah sent out a dove. And the ark came to rest on Mount Ararat. I need a Bible reader here. And the scripture says he sent out a dove. And the dove came back with a, a green twig in his mouth. To let Noah know that the waters had receded. And then he sent the dove out again. And the dove never returned. Where has that dove been since Genesis chapter 6? He flew in Genesis, Exodus and Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges and Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and Job. He flew in the book of Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. He flew through the Song of Solomon. Stopped a minute in Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray but God laid on him the iniquity of us all he kept on flying through Jeremiah Lamentations and Ezekiel, Daniel and Hosea, Joel and Amos, Obadiah and Jonah, Micah and Nahum, Habakkuk and Zephaniah, Haggai and Zechariah. He flew all the way through Malachi. He flew through Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2. And he stops in Matthew chapter 3 because in Matthew chapter 3 Jesus comes down to the Jordan River to be baptized by his cousin John the Baptist and when Jesus comes down to the Jordan River John says I need to be baptized by you 
But Jesus said, suffer it to be so, John, that all the scriptures might be fulfilled. And when John baptized Jesus in the wilderness, that dove that started flying in Genesis, Exodus and Numbers, Deuteronomy and Joshua, Judges and Ruth, came all the way down to the Jordan River. And that dove came and rested on Jesus' shoulder. And when that dove stopped on Jesus' shoulder, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I'm glad this morning that I have a savior who died in my place. I'm glad this morning that at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart just rolled away. It was there by faith. I wish I had a witness. It was there by faith. I received my sight. Is there anybody here? saved this morning and you know you're saved is there anybody here been redeemed this morning and you don't care who's looking at you if the Lord opened doors for you you ought to show some signs if the Lord wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life you ought to show some signs if you know you're going to heaven when you die you ought to tell somebody i've been redeemed come on tell somebody i've been washed i know i've been washed i've been washed i've been changed i've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb What can wash Away my sin Nothing But the blood of Jesus You're going to help me close this Won't you I'm glad this morning Tis the old Ship of Zion She has landed Many a thousand She will land Many more King Jesus, King Jesus, King Jesus is our captain. Do you know him? Have you tried him? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been saved through his precious sacrifice? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He died. Didn't he die? But Sunday morning, he got up. Didn't he do it? He got up with all power in his hand. I'm saved by his power divine. Life now is free. I wish I had a witness. Joy is complete. I'm going home on the morning train if you miss me 
from singing down here. You can't find me nowhere. Come on up to bright glory. Some glad morning when this life is over, I will fly away. I will fly away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you tell somebody, I'm going home. When he comes back, I'm going with him. I know he's all Forever, forever. <laughs> 